Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Father, Son, House of Gossip. Welcome, gals, gays, days, guys, dolls, whoever's out there. 3013 Perishing has gone in a bit of a renaissance, and we are back. Thanks to a public vote, we are now called House of Gossip. Because I went to one too many Beyonce shows and have watched far too many of her TikToks, we were inspired to change our name, come back with a bang, and have our own little renaissance. It's me, Clara Kavanagh, and you... Sophie Lyons. Hello, Sophie. <laughs> My brethren. We should have Adagio for strings. There we go. And welcome to our altar. Welcome to our table where we spill the tea, have juicy chats about celeb goss. And we're so excited to be back it's pop culture nourishment at its finest and we are buzzing to be here yeah sorry i mean yes hog <laughs> hog yeah we've also just realized that the initials of house of cross are hog and we someone actually first. wrote it to me when we were doing the votes and they were like lol it's hog and i was like <laughs> classic oink oink bitches <laughs> we're here at our little gossip trough ready for some their hooves with our who's ready for some juicy truffles of goss. Truffle pigs for goss. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually is good. Let me write that down. So our old lovely podcast, which you can see in the feed, is full of all our old episodes where we talk about loads of different topics, about living in London, dating in general manifesting body positivity crystals social politics divas work woes the lot so if you're new to house of gossip go back and you can listen to our old stuff but here this week every tuesday we are going to be serving up some delicious pop culture nourishment for you every week and we're very excited I've just realised this is kind of like a singer's kind of second album, isn't it? It's our sophomore. Yeah, so though I'm just thinking about it because we're obviously, we were talking about Britney Spears and her memoir coming out. Her second album was Oops, I Did It Again, wasn't it? Yeah. This is our, hopefully our Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always so much pressure on the second album as well. But... We feel like 30, 30 and Perishing is lived a beautiful, lovely life, but we changed the content of it. So we wanted a new name to reframe all the stuff that we were talking about. And we obviously redid our branding. So we have a full new colour scheme, etc. Which is like when Britney Spears would change her style for every album. 
You know, we're growing, we're changing. It's an era. Yeah, we're like the little Italian painters discovering chiascuro and light and shade. <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> this is our Michelangelo. This is our Sistine Chapel. Welcome. <laughs> this, this is our Mona Lisa. Welcome. New name, new branding, everything's new. One thing we will not be getting rid of is the Jador and Jatest feature, which if you haven't listened before, it's Clara and I pick a something we're loving that week or something we are hating. We turn it into French because we're a classic um, and it's the Jador and Jatest feature. However, this week we want to just adjust it slightly because obviously since we haven't been recording since July, there have been many items that we haven't been able to blab about. Mm. And there's been a few times where I've been like, holy baloney, I want to chat about this. So Clara and I have proactively picked a topic each that we wish we were recording for, and we will discuss it briefly, and then we'll get on to the main show. Sophie, kick us off. Mine is absolutely and 100% the Beckham documentary. It's obviously been spoken about so much, but the the ability to have a documentary where both men and women are happy to watch it in sync and not get bored is very rare, especially when sports is involved. Wow. Anyone I talked to was happy to watch it and it gave me an amplified adoration of Victoria. She's very funny. She's really funny. She's really frank. Like in the interview, she's like, we weren't like in a good place, which I really appreciate. And Mm. she's hilarious. She's very funny. She's like the spark in that house. Like she's the one that keeps it all going. And she's like saying she's Mm. going off to the fashion factory. And then she's like, I'm actually going for a facial. Like she's gas. And she's put up with an awful lot. A lot, yeah. And I didn't watch it for... um, Obvious reasons. Yeah, personal reasons, because I I just don't believe in their marriage. I think it's a sham. I think it's this was a huge PR puff piece. I think you're a huge PR puff piece. (laughs) (laughs) I just think... No, no, because... Sorry, the clips I've watched, I think she comes across really well. She seems really funny. She is. Very funny, like the whole clip of Beckham being like, oh, she was like, oh, we were really working class. And he's like, you got driven to work. Tell yeah, that was my a car, bit of a revelation for me. I didn't know that. I know. I did hear it described as a, a Victoria Beckham documentary with way too much football in it. And I was like. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. So, but I just, there's been rumours about them for years that they live in separate houses in the same compound I just, I'm not buying that they're a real couple. And I think they make more as a brand together and this whole family unit than they would apart. And they have more to lose by breaking up. So I just don't, I just, I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but that's one couple. I I know that because I've heard loads of the stuff, but I don't think everything's black and white. I think you just need to get over it. I, yeah, I obviously don't know what it's like to go out with a world famous footballer or a world famous fashion designer slash Spice Girl. But I just think that like you're monetizing over being like a family, but you're you're not. And I don't know. I just I, I think it's like a, a, a partnership where they, they could have broken up years ago and we'd never know. 
But then they're like, they want to have this perceived public perception that they're together. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think a lot of the listeners will have as well. I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. And like, I did hear it described as like the best documentary anyone's seen in a while. It's visually beautiful. The closing statement I have on that is I cannot wait for Harper Beckham to get Instagram. (laughs) How old is she now? Is she 12? I think she's 12. Are the kids in the documentary? Uh, Yeah, but not enough. Like Brooklyn isn't talking about his chef situation or anything. His his many hats. Which I think he probably should address. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) that's what I missed. I thought it was brilliant. And the house, the interior design in their homes, absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. So delicious. And I hear hear Beckham's a bit of a neat freak. Massive OCD. Cleaning up the kitchen when they're all gone to bed. His wardrobe is immaculate. Gosh. She puts up with a lot. The amount of cheating scandals. But like maybe they're in just in an open relationship. You often hear that as of famous celebs. I think it's maybe she has like a side situation or something. Mm, I think that there's just an element to celebrity relationships that like us mortals muggles don't really get yeah we'll never understand no I I just I've heard of so many like open relationships that it's like oh maybe that's just like the done thing anyway Clara please tell me what your main thing that you missed over the hiatus was with all the big news at the moment there's one story that almost slipped me by and I saw the saw a little headline somewhere and I clicked in and I read the article and I just think with all the like Lizzo scandals, Russell Brand, you know, there's been a lot of like even Trump and world news. This one has like really slipped under the radar. And I have to say, I'm detesting Katy Perry. She has been on a rampage to destroy the elderly's lives since 2011. I heard about this briefly, but... I can't really remember it. There's a clip of her on the internet before she's properly famous and she'd be like, I'd sell myself to the devil to be famous. She says that. She says that. Fast forward to 2015. She gets into a legal battle with the Sisters of Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, messing with nuns is just not. It's like no bueno. So the cliff notes are 52 nuns pooled together to buy this house in LA in 2011. Icons. Icons. (laughs) I know, it was like, did 52 plan on living there? I don't know. Previously on the Real Housewives of Gethsemane. <laughs> Previously on the Macklet Heart of Mary. So fast forward to 2015, four years later, only five nuns remain. So the Archdiocese of LA forced them to relocate against their will. Do you mean remain as in they'd all passed away? So maybe... Oh God. They left them in their wills or something. Maybe they're all like super old nuns and like they donated so the nuns would have a house in LA. I just love the concept of nuns having a house in LA. It's like Sister Act 3. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, it'd be Sister Act 3 like back on Sunset Bully. You know, the second one is back in the habit. Yeah. (laughs) Sunset Bully. So because there was only five nuns left, they were forced to relocate and the archbishop sold the house to Katie, but he didn't tell the nuns. Honestly, this should be a movie. And two nuns refused to, point blank, refused to sell the house to Katie Perry. Another buyer gets involved and then there's this like big legal battle, very long and boring, but Katie Perry eventually gets the house. 
But then in 2018, in a post-judgment hearing, one of the nuns, aged 89, died in court from the stress. In the physical court? In court. That's awful. So very sad ending for Sister Act 3. Okay, so this is Katy Perry's backstory with property and the elderly. Now, herself and Orlando Bloom. I don't like him. I don't understand why he's still in the industry. Are you English? Are you American? Such a good question. I've no idea. I just, I don't understand why he's still a thing. He's the male version of Kate Bosworth. They're so Americanized, you forget they're English, even though they have an English accent. Kate Bosworth is not English. No. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least she's quite fabulous, like. Exactly, but it's that kind of like, where? I just don't really know. Like. Why he's still... Anyway. <laughs> so, fast forward then. So, Katy Perry and Orlando are now in a three-year legal battle for a Californian home. And it's like a lawsuit that's been going on since 2021 for a house that they bought for $14.2 They bought the house from a war veteran called Carl Westcott. At the time of signing, he was 83, he has Huntington's disease. He had had surgery a week before, like a six hour surgery a week before. And he's saying all this like impairs his ability to like to consent to the contract. Because yeah. like when when the, the meds wore off a week after the contract was signed and he was like, I don't want to sell this home. Like I want to live the rest of my life in this house. That's awful. And they've been offering him more and more cash and the suit is going on. And you're like, Literally, the same thing that happened to Sister Mary in court is probably going to happen to this old poor man, this war vet. I'm not having a Katy Perry. Leave the old people alone. How precious is this house? Like, you've already killed one old person. You don't need to kill another. And, like, create so much stress in their final days of life. That's awful. It's like, Katy Perry needs to get a fucking grip. Anyway, thank you very much for um, filling me in on Sister Act 3, back in LA. Um, now on to our juicy bits for our previous listeners. Do you know that we will take a topic each week and discuss it with the other who usually doesn't know that much about said topic? I have picked one. Will I go first or will you go first, Claire? Uh, you go, you go. Um, my theme has come from some films I've seen, actually very recently, all under the umbrella of sci-fi and AI. Ooh. Uh-huh. I'm not hugely into sci-fi. I got really very p- badly affected by one similar when I was, I think I was about 20. Did you ever see that movie, Never Let Me Go? It's with Keira Knightley, Kerry no. Mulligan and Andrew Garfield. Oh, I no. couldn't sleep alone for like a few weeks. In a nutshell, it's like sci-fi dystopia type thing. And they're all born. You kind of think they're in a boarding school, but then you're like, something's happening here. Anyway, it turns out they're all born to be organ donators. And throughout their lifetime, they'll donate organs. I think it's a book originally. And then upon like their third donation, they reach completion, which is death. And it was really traumatizing. And it was between that and the Justin Bieber concert movie. So I don't know why I didn't pick the other one. That was kind of, <laughs> it's like the opposite. That was kind of my main, it's one of the main ones that sticks out to me. But I've seen two in the last month, which are equally quite 
strange, but they give you a different feeling. One of them is the creator, which you'll have seen loads of the promo stuff with the people with the little machine bits behind their head. Okay. It's like they're half, they they're kind of robots. Yeah. So the creator, basically this first one's kind of man versus machine set in a not too, it's always not too distant future, which freaks me they out. Do the- they do that to creepy. You shouldn't out, I'm watch sure. these films if you're in any sort of a delicate state. <laughs> but basically, the the premise is as a future war between the human race and artificial intelligence rages on, ex special forces agent Joshua is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI. But it turns out that this this elusive architect, the creator, is actually a young child robot. And a very cute robot. Darling little angel. Um, but it's all this whole thing about man versus machine. Very thought-provoking. It just kind of makes you think, just like, where are we going to go? Sort of, oh, it's very overwhelming. And and I think because ChatGBT has gotten so smart, I'm like, what if an actual robot was doing this? They'd like win. They'd outsmart me constantly. I was doing a LinkedIn post and it was like, type in your post to our AI assistant and they can help you write it. And I was like, this is so bizarre. We're, we're literally not going to need brains soon. It's just, so, I don't know. It's just so weird. But then equally, I'm like, weren't they talking like this 30 years ago, being like, they'll be flying cars. You never know. Yeah. But it does kind of have like a sympathetic view of AI. Maybe because it's a child. You know, you can kind of get trapped in this whole like AI thing. I don't really know where these thoughts are going, but I just, I couldn't not talk about this whole AI I've seen in cinema lately. I don't know if you'd like it. That was the first one. Then the second one I've just seen two nights ago, which was Foe with Paul Meskel and Sir Ronan. Yeah. I didn't look up the premise on purpose because I didn't want to see any spoilers and there hasn't been a lot of press on it because of the strike. I think that's what I figured out. Mm. Love the two of them. think they're both amazing. And the premise, have you, you haven't read anything about it, have you? I heard it reviewed on the radio. That's all I... Oh, well, I'll be interesting to see see what you've heard. Um, And (laughs) so basically it's Hen and Junior, which is Saoirse and Ronan, their quiet life is thrown into turmoil when an uninvited stranger shows up at their door with a startling proposal. Uh, there's a lot of naked Paul Mescal, which you'll all be glad to hear. Full frontal? No, but just like there's a lot of scenes that like he didn't really need to be naked. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nice, to be honest. <laughs> it was really great. <laughs> um, again, it's set in the near future and it's basically like the climate is being kind of burnt. So like all the farms and stuff are barren and they're living in this house, very mundane life. Like Paul Mescal works in a chicken factory and she works in a diner. And basically this stranger who's so annoying comes in and turns their whole life upside down. And it's about like trials and tribulations of a relationship with someone that you fell in love with however many years ago. And now you've made it to this point. I can't give anything away because there's obviously a twist and I don't want to give you the twist. But like during it, I was like, this is one of the weirdest films I've ever seen in my entire life. The review I heard told the proposition that the couple are faced with. And at that point, I it lost me. It's not. I think we can say it if they say it. I don't want to tell the end. Oh, sorry. Will I say what I know and then you, we can. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just confirm or deny. So what I heard on the radio bit was that like, 
their marriage is in trouble. It ain't what it used to be. No. But then the planet is on fire. So then they're given this proposition that Paul Meskel is going to go on a trial and be sent to outer space to like look for life or live there. As like a, t- as like a test type thing. As a test thing. But no one has to make any decisions. But what we're going to do is trial Paul Meskel as an AI replacement for Sir Ronan. At that point, I said, spare me. And I, I was like, I'm so glad this is the review and not the film. <laughs> and I've saved myself a ticket. You saved yourself $7.99. <laughs> $7.99. That whole concept. I don't like it either. Irish actors, great stuff. But I don't like it either. But I just thought the two people are involved in this. There must be something. That's going to be good. Yes. The yes. acting was exquisite. They sell the film. It was exquisite acting. They're great actors. But like, I just, who, who comes up with this shit? Like, I honestly it think. It must be really depressing to write. You could honestly pull out anything out of your hole and go, yeah, there we go. And somebody has invested in this. Yes, it's dystopian. No, I haven't seen it. But my oh my how did that get past so many boardrooms i just think life is tough enough do we need to be looking at cloning and you know when the earth is burning on a tuesday yeah what about paddington in paddington in peru i'd much rather see that i don't want to explore somebody's nightmare and like when i say the day-to-day is like barren it's almost actually do you know what it's akin what i'm thinking about now when they wake up every day, the tasks they're doing day to day is very, very akin to what we were doing during COVID. Like oh, isolation, and it's just, the two of you, there's nothing to do. And that's that. And then you're just annoying each other. Now more than ever, it's the, it, the world is just such a hard place to live in. If I want to watch a movie about the future, I want it to be like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. I want it to be fun, fierce, Musical. fresh and fabulous. I want to, why can't dystopian films be positive? Musical. I want it to be like the bar. Yeah, musical. I want it to be the Barbie film. Why do they always have to go down this really weird, incel, loner? Definitely because those movies sell more. Plastic food, space theme. Where's the rainbow? Upon <laughs> completion of it, though, I was like, huh. That is an interesting concept. And, but I actually, what I did was, I actually thought it'd be a really good film to uh, study for the Leaving Cert. Oh, got to contrast and compare there. But really what it is, is it's an exploration of human relationships and how... With machines. No, as in really what it deep down is, is human relationship, how it changes over time. And okay, so if you're if you're married to someone twenty years, and it ain't what it used to be, and you live in a barren land, and then Santa Claus comes along and goes, well, you can have your younger. It's a bit like a deal with the devil or something. It's like, well, you can have your younger uh, or like your older version of your partner when it's all fun and good, but he's a robot. And like you've obviously both changed, and equally, then you're still in the same place. You know, like you're in this barren land and stuff. So whilst it is the older version, you can't erase 
time that's gone by. And who knows if the older version of Saoirse Ronan finds like her old, like the younger Paul Mescal fun or like. Well, yeah, because she... you kind of got into a certain place for certain reasons. Anyway, that's what I thought it was overall. If you're in a bit of a delicate place, I wouldn't see it. But uh, I think this is one of many. We'll see this here that, I mean, there's always AI movies coming out, you know, flicking back to men, men in black. <laughs> and that's my <laughs> review of AI in film. Wow. AI will be making the films now. I actually was Googling that. Okay, so I am just really enjoying my celebrity memoir era. Oh, totally. I think we have gotten some big fat hitters recently and it's all been building and building and building up to the Britney one that was just released. So uh, to be honest, I think, and we definitely talked about her before, but Jessica Simpson really kind of maybe revived the modern day celebrity memoir. It's a great one. It's funny. It's sad. She and she tells you everything. It's honest. It's true. And because her, her life is meaty enough that like she was like properly American worldwide famous and was in all those like Disney club circles and you know, became a billionaire. So like to get a peek behind that kind of a level of celebrity, I think she's kind of uh, like opened the door, paved the way for other celebrities to kind of go like, actually, I'll tell you my story uh, in my words. Yeah. But like, I've just been so overwhelmed. And what kicked it all off is my new girl crush, Julia Fox. Uncut Jams. And John Sefty Smooth and Uncut Jams. She, so she was like kind of came into our realms via Kanye West. They went out like what tw- January 2022. That was a great time. I'd say in the last 20% of the book talks about Kanye. The rest of her life is unbelievable. She's a classic. So she's like fully Italian, grew up in Italy, and had this really dysfunctional childhood. Did she? Yeah. It was over and back to Italy all the time. Raised by her granddad, no relationship with her mom like was then taken to New York and like her dad would go out working and like lock the door and she'd just be as a six-year-old like left in the apartment all day long. So she basically raised her, New York City raised this woman and she is, the more, I just want to like drink her in, the more she talks, she's honestly like an icon and I don't think just pegging her as like, oh, that's Kanye West went out with her one time. She was kind of like appreciated amongst like the New Yorky circles. And then that's how Kanye discovered her. So like, I just have such a girl crushing her. Her story is incredible. She like, she first did drugs when she was 11. She's OD, like you lose count of the amount of time she ODs. She was a dominatrix. She had a sugar daddy. She was um high. The night, she was snorting a load of pills the night before she started filming Uncut Jams. And she had to be really re- hung over in one of the scenes. And your man, Josh Sefty, was like, oh, you're method acting, aren't you? And she was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. No. <laughs> and it goes into all the kind of stuff about like him wanting your, uh, have the, like the new wardrobe. He's like, I'll get you a boob job. She said like the whole thing was like really odd or awkward. But it's just, I, I just love 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 her I think she's absolutely amazing and um it's just 
I do love a celebrity memoir, but they're just coming out thick and fast now. I'm obsessed. The next one that came along was Jade Pinkett Smith's. Now, I didn't read this one. I just read all the headlines. Couldn't read that. And and I know, like, it's been talked about to death. But, like, she's been lying the whole time that her and Will are together. So why do we... Why are we supposed to believe you now? I appreciate it's in your memoir or whatever. But, like, you made so much money together as a couple. Like, I'm sure Will Smith opened a load of doors for her career-wise and vice versa. Look at Red Table Talk and them as a family sitting around. Their whole basis of that... TV show, podcast, is them sitting around and having like a family dinner talk. Will Smith has been on it. They've talked about the relationship. And now you're telling us, you've made us believe all this stuff. And now you're saying it's all a lie just because you can't, you haven't been able to break a promise of them not divorcing. I think that's the weirdest part where she's like, I made a promise that we won't divorce because we can work through it. And it's like, I can't break that promise. But it's like, but that's just like, a facade for who? But you broke loads of other promises. Where, where's Julia Fox's and uh, Britney's and Jessica Simpson's or like who, um, like Carrie Fisher, there's Keith Richards, like all of those like big famous autobiographies have honesty and they, they show like light and shade, good and bad. But like, this is kind of like, it's in the like Prince Harry spare bucket for me. It's like, it's too much it's we didn't need to know all of this stuff and like you were lying and now you're telling your truth it's just it's just kind of the demise of them as a brand really isn't it yeah and it's uh, it's too much and it's too like oh you're speaking your truth now but like where was this when it was happening then do you remember she had that talk that table talk with him and she was like i had an entanglement and he was like yeah and he was acting pissed off when really, when we can see it now in retrospect, they weren't together. Exactly. It's just like deceitful. Yeah. It doesn't compute. And it's just, it's almost like as well, like a few like tweets and stuff I read were like, nobody asked for this. There's obviously like big explosive bits and everyone wants to read about the slap and everything. But it's it's in that Prince Harry thing for me of like, it's just this avalanche of like, remember him talking about his frozen todger like word vomit yeah and it's like losing his virginity behind the back of a pub it's just like i don't really need to know all this stuff and then you're kind of trying to flush me with loads of like uh frivolous stuff and then like have your big headlines in there i don't know it just doesn't seem very real to me yeah just kind of no overall direction i don't know what they're trying to achieve what are they trying to achieve because it's like well, you're now trying to monetize a book. And then the bit about her being pregnant. What was that bit? He was like called his friend and was laughing at her or something like that kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah. this doesn't look great. I don't know how well planned out that was because we, we know so much about them as a couple. And then when you're breaking this news to sell a book, it just doesn't. It's like Prince Harry, like, I need money for my new life and my security. So here's a book. It just seems a bit transactional. Whereas like other autobiographies are doing it as a kind of like, here's a little peek into my world. And this is why I was like this. This just seems a bit like profiting or something. Also, how could she need more money? Also, then you're like, why was he shouting my wife? It's like, 
she's not your wife. They were back together at that point. What, like two years ago? And it was like a trial getting back together. Yeah, yeah. So at the Oscars, oh they my were... God. I think they've been back together. So, or something, and then now they're broken. I, I don't know. I don't care. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> I'm watching a load. I'm totally obsessed with Married at First Sight UK. And anytime they have fights... That Will Smith language has made it into, I'm sure it was on Love Island as well. It's like, keep my name out your mouth. It's like, yes, it's really just trickled down into the pop oh, culture. Oh, like fashion. Yeah. It's like in Devil Wears Prada. It's the blue sweater. It's the blue sweater. So it's kind of funny, really, that you think you have nothing to do with fashion when really the costume you're wearing is chosen for you by the people in this room. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's all been building up to Britney. If you can go and get a copy, it is unbelievable. Like, what a woman, what a life. The episode we've listened to is the Celebrity Member Book Club, I'm assuming we're talking about. Yes, if you don't have time to go buy it, go download Celebrity Member Book Club. But with Britney, I'm just, as you know, like a real Beyonce woman. Um, and Britney obviously was in like our pop culture and our memory and our, oh. she defined pop culture. And to hear the story from her side it's is horrific. amazing. It's yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. But like she, she shows like such compassion and understanding for her family when they really deserve to be like in jail. They keep saying like the, every time she had the opportunity to kind of slate someone, she has so much love to give. She didn't. Like with Justin, mm. the whole thing of him putting out this music video and like, it's really not what happened. When he was cheating on her all the time and then she just kissed somebody else. And then, but then she also told him, she was honest. like Yeah. And then what I don't get is like, so then Justin's management team were obviously like, oh, if you break up with Britney Spears, you're not, your debut solo album is going to go crazy. So like he had to break up with her. By email or by text no, or something? He, the letter. And then he came to her house with the framed letter. <gasps> it is so sociopathic. Also, the the story about him going down the street and being like, yeah, man, I love you. Whatever it was. Yeah, for shizzle or something. Yeah, for shizzle, man, or something. Yeah, she's like, he, but she's such a great, she's such great ways of putting him down. She's like, God, he was corny. Or like something like, it's real sweet put downs. Oh, yeah, with the denim outfits. She's like, I can't believe he agreed to it. <laughs> yeah it's such god i'd love her to t- give me like a read she's very good at it oh i know i love her i think she's amazing um, but she yeah she really goes into like that that whole conservatorship like i did it kind of passed me by and just to hear it from her side it's just horrible what her family put her through and then like had her on lithium in like this facility and she was like isolated for like 60 days or something ridiculous. Yeah, but like for not really doing anything and like she didn't have a drug problem. And I appreciate it. It's like, look, it's all from her side. And a lot of it was it wasn't over. The ghostwriters got all the stuff over email or whatever. But like, it's just funny now. Like, you know, that you know, that uh, saying that like the age that you get famous in is you're kind of like arrested development. So you yeah. stay that age. And with Britney, like, she got famous at 17, say, and then, like, she's 41 now. But now that she's kind of, like, on the other side of the conservatorship and, like, so now it's like she's acting kind of young or something. But then it's like she also hasn't had control over her body for, like, 25 years. Like, her dad calls her fat. Or her money. Or her money. 
she's like IUDs put in her body and taken out. She's controlled what she eats and blah, blah, blah. So like if she wants to go and wear tiny little shorts and dance with some knives, like, I don't know, like if if my family were giving me lithium for 60 days, I wouldn't be in as good a shape as she is. So I just have a lot of respect for Britney, bitch. Like ideally we'd like a tell all interview. I know. Yeah, she's not doing any press. Yeah. But then there is fears of like, okay, her parents and family are ousted as her carers, but like who's replaced them and what are their intentions? So it's just, it's such a sad. Pretty tragic story. Tale. Yeah, it really is. And the fact that she's like so positive and can put like a killer burn in the sweetest way is just very admirable and... I spent the whole day listening to Britney today. It was, I'm sure my neighbours are V. I'm going to do that tomorrow because I only finished the episode today. Oh, she's got some good ones. She's amazing ones. Also, like, can you imagine being Justin Timberlake and being served 20 years later? The memes, the memes are so good. What rotten, like, I don't want to shit on him too much because, you know, peace and love and all that shit. But what rotten soul. NSYNC are trying to do their comeback and it's just like, I don't know, like, well, I mean, I don't hate on that. Yeah, for nostalgia purposes. But, like, you uh, apologise to Brittany and Janet Jackson in the same email, in a public apology. Why not, why not ring them personally? He's had a mare of a few years. Do you remember he got caught with, like, co-star and stuff? Yeah, and, and he's a, a clause in his marriage about cheating. clause? He pays money if he cheats. To who? Jessica Biel? Yeah. It's a bit like in Sex and City when Charlotte gets more money if she, if they sire a son. no. A woman doesn't sire a son, but you know what I mean. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Ew. Thank you so much for that rundown memory <laughs> lane, Clara, of your delicious book club. I know I'll be yeah. listening to uh, Julia Fox's one. Oh, it's great. I think this is probably the wrap up of our premiere episode. We usually like to do a bit of a recommendation at the end, whatever it is that takes our fancy. I have just come across, are they called dermaplaning? It's like a little shaver for your face. Oh, I've used and them And it gets like rid of like baby hair. Wow. And you can hear that little blade cut through the fuzz. It. I don't even know how the technology works, to be honest. But like... Why doesn't it cut you? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm also like... I don't understand. And like, you can't really feel it. I'd highly recommend it. I got a pack of five in Superdrug for $9.99. <laughs> I was I need to look in the mirror I was really worried it was going to give me a beard I'm so far past having a beard so that's the reco of the week Clara lovely to wrap up this first episode with you I've missed chatting with you and debating with you me how too. the Beckhams are a real couple and Benefer. oh no but we will discuss that but look Jada Pinkett Smith are the future Beckhams I'm telling you Jada Pickett-Smith are just another version of the Beckhams. Oddly enough, Jada Pickett-Smith welcomed the Beckhams when they moved to LA. <laughs> Probably to share some tips on how to hide your marriage. And Scientology. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much and thanks for all your lovely messages while we were away. We really appreciated all of the texts and um, chatting about celebrity stories with you all. So we're just so happy to be back. And we will see you next Tuesday. House of Gossip. H-O-G. Hog. Father, son, house of gossip. Are you with me, ladies? Hog. Hog, hog. hog.
<laughs> See ya. Bye.